Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yes, Lord, we just thank you for what you're saying. We know that you have plans for us. And that's really all that matters. You said that uh, Lord, a, a man can make his plans, but the Lord directs his steps. Lord, we thank you for the things that you're talking to us this morning about. We thank you for um, uh, we thank you for your your Holy Spirit that never leaves us. It never forsakes us. There is not a moment that we are in existence where you are away from us. It's just not possible for there to be a reality outside of your heart. Father, we just thank you that you're doing some awesome stuff in us. Lord, I just ask that you would just bring clarity. I ask right now uh, uh, for uh, a clear mind. I thank you that the blood of Jesus reveals how clean our slate really is. Sin did its best in trying to hold our actions against us. The law revealed the things that we were doing wrong. And I thank you, Jesus, that what we do or don't do has nothing to do with our righteousness. God, I thank you that our righteousness is reserved and it is sealed through Jesus. We thank you that righteousness doesn't come by obedience. It comes by faith. And this morning, I want to speak faith to any heart that attempts to do what was meant to be in, in, replace of, in place of God's reality. They attempt to put in their two cents into your abundance. Lord, it's, it's an honor to co-labor with you in this kingdom. And we thank you. And right now, I, just, uh, I dismiss any spirit of fear that's in this room uh, any spirit of confusion, and I just release the presence of peace on this people. In Jesus' awesome name, amen. Amen. You know, I was, uh, talking, with, uh, I was talking with Kim earlier, and I told her, I have made a, I have made a, uh, a conscious decision that if heaven... If church doesn't look like heaven, we're doing it wrong. Amen? If what we do in here does not reflect what they are currently doing right now in heaven, we're doing something wrong. And it means we're, we're drawing from the wrong reality. And uh, Dad's been on a series about bringing heaven to earth, and that's uh, kind of been our um, that's been our theme for a while, and that's because that's the commission. You know, when we make disciples of all nations, what are we discipling them in? Are we discipling them in another dogma, or are we actually bringing the lifestyle of heaven into everyday moment? Right. Amen. And so that's really uh, that really has me. I'm going to talk loud. So you, if that's too loud, I just want to let you know. So if that um, that is where we are going now, there's a lot of things that uh, in a lifestyle bring out the reality of heaven. Because I don't know if you guys know that, but um, even though we are a steward and conduit of heaven's reality, there's a lot of of. Uh, there is a lot of people who live in a reality where there is a conflict of heaven's reality and hell's reality here on earth. And what, what the enemy would love for us to do is to believe that his kingdom 
is making a comeback, and it's not. Like, Jesus did not leave us with an inferior kingdom that he left us with. When he ascended, he didn't ascend and say, hope you guys do okay, hope you learned a lot, you know, I'll be back. You know, he did say he was going to be back, but actually he said that um, uh, one of the disciples asked him, uh, what about, um, when is is the fullness of your power going to be released? And he said, this generation, which... And you know what a generation in the Bible represents 40 years. This generation will not pass away until the fullness of my kingdom comes in its power. So when he left, the fullness of his kingdom stayed with us. Amen? And what we are doing is we are unlearning one kingdom and we are being reacquainted with the kingdom that we have always been a part of. Amen? Do you guys know, uh, and we've mentioned the difference between a, you know, a, a revelation is something that has always been there. It's just now being unveiled. The presence of God has always been there, but the veil was there. We know that the veil has been torn. Amen? Have you guys ever had an an unveiling moment in your life? Have you ever had an aha moment? One of those where it's like, what? And it's not like it like it was created. It's like it was that was like that, right? You guys know that in uh, people we laugh because we say, you know, when did they invent electricity? Well, electricity has always been around. We just unveiled it. The presence of God has always been around. We're just unveiling it. Amen? Do you guys know that you are the unveilers? And if you have not had an unveiling, you're going to be basically, you're going to have a good story, but you're not going to have any power behind it. What you do is unveil because God has unveiled it to you. Amen? I want to talk to, I want to do some scripture this morning. You guys have your Bibles? If you don't have your Bible, have a, an electronic Bible, which is just as awesome. How many of you guys know that they didn't always have these? Before this, they had scrolls. They had, you know, big, you know, papyrus paper and stuff like that. They had other things and I wonder if anybody ever like knocked the Bibles when they came out and was like, I just prefer the papyrus. It's nothing like the papyrus, all right? Because, I mean, I know a lot of people, they don't, I don't like the new, I like the old. And I, I wonder if that ever happened when Gutenberg was like, you know, what apps are today in the Bible. I think they're awesome. I love them. I use both. This morning... I don't know about you, but I like the audio Bible, and I also like, I like to read, but um, um, this, the next generation, we, we learn by listening a lot, because we're constantly listening, and um, having the ability to listen to the Bible is really awesome, because, I mean, you just kind of listening to this awesome story unfold, and all of a sudden, you're like, what, what, what was that? And uh, it kind of brings it up. I mean, you guys know that um, they didn't have, enter- they didn't have LEDs back then, but, uh, or they did not have, you know, projectors or something to sing along to, they had the spoken word. You know, when they talk about people gathering together, like stories was entertainment. Hearing the testimony of God was like, hey, y'all, let's go to the movies. That's, that was entertainment. And so I think we can bring the presence of God or reveal the presence of God wherever we go because it's already there. You just, you got to have fun with it got to be fun heaven's fun actually you guys know serious is not a fruit of the spirit right i mean so um amen check it with the fruit of the spirit and if it's not on the list get rid of it in church let's come in with love with joy with peace with patience with kindness with goodness with faithfulness 
coming with some gentleness and self-control. Amen? All right, so we're going to turn in our Bibles to, to Genesis chapter 15. So you guys turn in your Bibles, whether it be pages or papyrus or app, I really don't care. Scrolls, man, if you got your scrolls, you guys bring your scrolls with you this morning. So I want to give a little uh, pretext to what's going on so you guys have a good context. Today, I'm, uh, I call this uh, from, from, um, from Wilderness to Wonderland. Um, and what has happened in Abram's life right here, actually, he's, um, yeah, he's still Abram. You guys know this is the, diff- the difference between Abram and Abraham. There was a period of life he was called one thing, and another period where he was called something else. Abraham. God put the ha in the ham. And um, he had Abraham, or Abram at the moment, um, he had, uh, this is after God had spoken to him saying, um, I'm going to make you a mighty nation and from you all the nations of the world would be blessed. That was kind of like the first encounter with Abram. Then after that, um, he wa- him and his um, him and his uh his relative Lot, uh, they were two big groups and they were kind of too big for the same land. So Abram said, Abram said, okay, you go that way and I'm going to go this way and we're just going to, we're going to keep some distance so uh, we don't fight and we can live peaceful. How many is that a word of the Lord? Don't raise your hand, just kidding. Don't, oh Lord, help us. Um, and so what happened was is Lot went one way and Abram went another way. There we go. And when Lot went his way, he kind of ended up going to the, the Gomorrah, or the Sodom area. And um, you guys know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, there was, a lot of, uh, there was a lot of strife and turmoil in that land. There was a lot of fighting in that land. And uh, basically, uh, um, Abram hears that Lot was kind of kidnapped, and his... His clan was kidnapped, and so Abraham saying, hey, this is my family. No one messes with my family. Kind of the mob thing going on. He goes and he gets his 300 armed and readied men, and in the middle of the night, they kind of split up rank to make it look bigger. They have you know more than 300, and they attack this camp. They kind of they mess stuff up with this these multiple kings who had kind of messed up uh, with the Sodom area. They were kind of overruling this, kind of like some, uh, some gangs would over, over territory. And basically, Abram comes in there, and he slaughters a bunch of dudes. And the king of Sodom said, hey, you know, give me the people, but you could basically take anything you want. You can have anything that you want. Um, and Abram said, hey, I don't want, I don't want anything. You know, I'm, God's, you know, God's, going to take care of me. So this happens after that. Okay? After this, in, in um, Genesis 15, 1 says, after these things. So some I wanted to give you uh, what happened before. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, do not be afraid. Amen? That's good. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Now, what did Abram just come out of? He just came out of a battle, and he just got offered all of this stuff from this king. And here he is, Abram says, I don't want what you have. I just want to make sure my family's safe. And he walks away from this victory and from this offering from the king of Sodom. And something is heavy on his heart because here he is and he just turned something down. Have you guys ever done that? Have you guys ever done something for someone and then they kind of gave you, they wanted to give you a thank you gift and you turned it down. But as soon as you turned away, 
it kind of started something that something in you said, I don't want that, but I do want this. Has ever done that? Have you ever had that moment where need is a constant in our life? I mean, there isn't any, if we, if, if I was to go around the room and say, what do you need? You'd be like, okay, what do you mean? Do I want, do I want the $900 million, you know, Powerball right now? That is a need and a want. Does that qualify? You know, just like things like that. You ever walk away from a situation and it's the person that they offer you something. It's not what they, it's not what you want. It's not on your heart, but it's because they offer it to you that it stirs up what that thing is, even though that's not the thing they offered you. And here God says, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one, talking about uh, Eleazar, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Now here's something that God had to do. And this is what I want to talk about, about bringing, creating a, creating a wonderland from your wilderness is here is a desire, here is a, here is a yearning, here is a need in Abram's life. And uh, uh, I am all a, uh, I am a real, I'm a, a big supporter of not having, not having your emotions lead you. But I am a, I'm a big supporter of you listening to your emotions. They are there for a reason. It's not like some, you know, some off thing that was birthed out of sin or something. God gave you your emotions. God gave within you the ability and capacity to have this thing called desire. It is something that you need to listen to. You know, Reagan, she's probably the best example I can give to desire, she kind of encapsulates the word. Uh, every day around, was it 11 or something, she has a Frozen show where she just does the whole movie without the movie. Just And she's every lyric, she knows every line of every person, and it's just one big sh- show of desire, passion. You know, it's she doesn't lead me, but I do listen to her. She's not my leader, but she is there in my life for a reason. And sometimes when, uh, in our life, it's very important that we have a place and a very special and important place for the thing in our life called desire. It's there for a reason. Now, it shouldn't lead us, but we need to be able to listen to it. Because sometimes it is more honest to us than we know. Sometimes Reagan tells me things that I'm just like, Thank you, Daddy, did not know that. And I need that. Now, she doesn't, I don't let her tell me what to do, but I do allow her to have a place of influence in my life. That is where we need to esteem this, this thing called desire in our life. And Abram had this thing called desire in his life, and the desire was for offspring. And here he said this, Now, this is what the Lord said. The word of the Lord came. This one shall not be your heir, but the one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside. Everybody say brought. Say outside. Which means where was he? 
And then God said, look. Everyone say, look. And he said, now toward heaven. Where is he looking? And then what does he say to do? He says to count the stars. If, if what you want from life is what you can count, you're in the wrong environment. If you can count your blessings, you're in the wrong place. You're not looking at the right place. You guys, if I was to say, count the light bulbs in here, you'd be like, okay, it'll take you five, ten minutes. Where is your ceiling? Because there shouldn't be one. And what, what we don't want to do is to allow a, the Word of God to be confused for a ceiling in our life. If anything, the Word of God should remove any ceiling in your life. The Word of God should remove any possibility of limitation in your life. The Word of God should free your imagination, not hold it captive. The Word of God should not be a limitation. It should be your boundaries are exceeding. It talks about that heaven, the kingdom of heaven, that its boundaries are ever increasing. Ever increasing. Ever increasing. The reason why the boundaries are to be ever increasing is because you are to be taking more ground. Now, if you create a grid in your mind where the ground stops, that is where the limitation of your influence will be. Now, I'm going to talk about something here physical. I, I, uh, uh, when, I was, when I was growing up, my parents gave me, um, they gave me a lot of freedom. They told me, if you can afford it, you can buy it. They didn't buy it for me. They would say, if you want that guitar, you can buy it. Will you buy it for me? No. You can do it. You buy it. Here's a lawnmower. Go pass out some flyers, and, and we split our, it's the cost of our snapper mower, and I passed out flyers, and Jared and me had a lawn business. And, and there was this really, uh, there was a gracing or an enabling, uh, enabling of the limitless possibilities. And something, let me tell you what that did for me. Um, I learned that I was moving in the Spirit of God as he unlocked doors of opportunity for me. Right? Amen? God wants to unlock doors of opportunity for you. But what he also wants to do is, see, he's going to set you like, he's going to set you up for you to do the work. Isn't it interesting in that one... uh, that one verse in Psalms that says that the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. You know, it's God gets the glory, and you will, you will have a part to play in the work. Right? And I'm a firm believer that God does not want to give you a heaven that you can't steward. He wants to give you a heaven that you are enabled steward and make decisions and actually be created in the image and the likeness of God. Did you guys know that I'm a figment of God's imagination? Do you know you are? I am a figment of his imagination. The world around you is a figment of your imagination. What are the worlds that are you allowing to influence you and what are the environment that you are creating? And that really starts to see, you know, I I have a home, and my home has an environment. The environment is the most intentional thing we can create. It really is. As a matter of fact, Jesus brought the environment of heaven. He never left any question about what heaven looks like in any location he went to. He it was like it was there was love, there was forgiveness, there was there was patience, there was mercy, it was 
It was, it was amazing. And the body of Christ is what we are doing is we are learning what the environment of heaven feels like. Amen? So he says, go outside, look toward heaven, and count the stars if you are able to number them. That's a lot. And I know we talk about that. That's a lot. But I want, to, I want you to think about the stars in your life and how, how much you are making a, a conscious decision to unlimit how many stars you want to count. Like, how many stars do you want to count? How many offspring do you want? How many disciples do you want? Do you want any? Are you being discipled? There's a start. Every one of Jesus' disciples were disciples. <laughs> they followed after him. I mean, that's, that's kind of silly, but the body of Christ needs to be being discipled from someone. It's not like you need to have a person in your life that can tell you your form is off. Amen? You know, I, I have a little... I think I have a little word from the Lord here, John, and that is, um, for the longest time, we have uh, talked about uh, the church being a hospital. And I know that's, I mean, there's there's an amazing reality to that. And there's a strength to that. And I, here's what I feel. I feel that uh, there's a, that, that very uh, real and necessary and awesome season, that image of that season is closing. I feel that the, the uh, at least this church, I don't know about a universal, but I'll say about this church, I think we are going to stop being a hospital. Listen to me real quick. How many of you guys, uh, can you raise your hand on this one? How many of you guys like to go to the hospital? Okay, how many of you guys like doctors? Be honest. How many of you guys like doctors? If you do or don't, okay? Um, why do you go to a hospital? Something's wrong with you. How many of you guys go to a hospital to get discipled? What's the goal of a hospital? To get you healthy and get you out. Oops. See, I think we're going from a hospital... I think the I think the I think this church is going to be more like a gym. Here's what I feel like. See, uh, in a hospital you have a vision to get out, but in a gym you have a vision for your own body. Does anyone in here work out? Anyone? Let me see your hand if you work out. If you work out, uh, be proud. Come on, let me see it. All right, you work out. Now there are there are there are two schools of thought in working out. You can work out because if you don't, you will die a fat person. You know, okay? You will die unhealthy. You will be miserable. You have a high blood pressure. Uh, you're going to have to take medications. So you better get here every day and get on that stairmaster. And you better pray God does not take your life. <laughs> Some people go to gym or church with that. And then there's the other school of thought. I love my body. I nourish it and I cherish it. And it deserves the best. Because I only get one of these. And if I'm going to glorify God, why not do it in body, soul, and spirit? And I'm here because I want to be here. And hey, hey, how are you doing over there? Hey, you need some help? Here, I got you. I'm going to spot you. Hey, you look good. That looks good. You're looking good today. You're sweating. I see that work. Hey, why are you talking? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I don't know, but like I have a, I have a, I, I think that the body of Christ needs to be more like a gym than a hospital. 
There's like a morbid vibe in a hospital. I think we need to come together and like the the gym that I go to, it's a little hole in the wall place over off 78. And, and um, the people there, like they care about each other. Like I, I know the people that go there. Like we talk almost every day. Hey, how's it going? How's this? Hey, what are you working on today? And I love, I love to come into a church and go, hey man, how you doing? What are you working on? Now, I wish I had like a... <clears throat> I wish I had like a, an audio, like a, an audio decoder <clears throat> that, that really showed you what was real talk and what's like not real talk. You know, how's your day? Good, good, doing good, doing good. We're, uh, you know, da, 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 da. And there's, there's talk where you just kind of move in, but then every once in a while you go, hey, how's your, uh, I, you know, you're working on, your abs last week, are they sore? Not really. They need to be sore. Don't waste your time. Get some results. Get some gains. That's what they say. How's your gains? Right? You need to be getting gains in the house of God. You need results. Listen, either you're not, either you're showing up and you're still unhealthy, or you're getting results. Now, if you're getting results, you know, I don't, I don't have a trainer at my gym, but you know why? That's because I'm working out my own muscles with fear and trembling. I, I know what it means to, but you know what? I need to have a place to go. I need to go somewhere to do it. You know, people don't have to go to church to know their Bible, and they don't have to go to church to care about other people but I do go to church because I am trying to support the image of taking care of myself. That's why I go to a gym. I know a lot of people, they don't go to the gym. That's fine. That's not a problem. I know a lot of people, they, they don't go to church. Okay? But they do have people that they walk with. Okay? But I do think there is a gift that was given to I'm doing a lot of paralleling. I don't know if you guys got this yet. I think that the gym has a gift called trainers. I think the church has gifts called apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. And we're a gift to the body. We, we help you with your form. If you don't have knowledge on something that's going on, we are there to help and assist you and provide accountability and to... to help maintain results and say, hey, this needs to be in your diet. Hey, get that out of your diet. You're killing yourself. You know what I started equating? I started equating the time working out to the calories I was taking in. So it's like if I was on the treadmill for 30 minutes, running six miles an hour, that's 500 calories, right? Okay, one hamburger, 500 calories. How long does it take me to eat a burger? Five minutes versus 30 minutes. I'd, I'd get to the gym. I'd log my calories. I think it's great to have a journal to journal your growth in God. I'd journal, my, I'd journal my growth, and then I'd go home, and I'd go through my day, and I'd have something to eat, and I'd go, oh, there goes that. There goes that 20 minutes really quick, you know? You know what? I wanted to make sure that what I was putting in me was processing right. You know, there are some things that are not processing right in your spiritual life. Like, there's some, real, there's some stuff that's put in front of you that's really not being, that your body has a hard time processing. Don't eat that, please. It's not good for you. It gives you high spiritual cholesterol. And it kills your heart for people. When you have a good diet, the blood flows through nice and smooth. And you have an easy time loving one another. Because it's the love of God. It's His diet that flows through you and it. It really starts to change the way. And you know what? If other people aren't working out, you don't scare them into the gym. 
you give a vision for them where they can't have a vision for themselves. They don't know how to have a vision for themselves. They've never had anyone tell them, man, you have a place in the kingdom of God. That's why we support this. This is why we love this. And, and there's, a lot of great, there's a lot of great churches. I, we're, we're getting healthy together. Amen? But I really feel that. I feel that we're going to stop being a hospital and we're going to start being a gym. Okay? I really think that we're going to start... Listen, you're going to have a vision for your body. Before you can have a vision for this body, you need to have a vision for this body. Don't try to take care of other people if you can't take care of yourself. Because you'll run out real quick. As, as long as I am receiving, I can be giving. Amen? Receive for yourself. Have a vision for yourself, and you're going to see this amazing exponential growth in your ability to give, and you will never be without. Amen? Amen. Okay, just seal that in Jesus' name. Okay. So God told Abram, I want you to get outside. I want you to look, and I want you to count. What are you looking at? And is there a limit to what you can count when you're looking? Uh, I want you to think outside. If, if your limit to what you're counting, let's say, let's talk about the blessings on you. If you can count what you can do, if you say, uh, I'm this, well, what do you, who, 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 is the, who is the person of you? You know, Mary, who is Mary? Who is, who is Terry? Who is, you know, who is Candace? Who is this person? And if you can limit yourself, I mean, think about what I am means. That means you can be anything. You are whatever the grace of God wants you to be. At any moment, it wants you to be it. There is not a limit to what you can do because you're allowing the Spirit of God to open up new possibilities because you don't limit who you are by what you do. You are unlimited by your God. Do you know how much people have accidentally limited Jesus by what the Bible says, and it's not intentional, and it, that sounds like a scary statement. I'm, let me clarify. Uh, the author is bigger than his book. Okay? He's bigger than his book. Last verse in John says that um, if, if the works that Jesus did were to be documented, the earth himself could not contain them. That means there is more that Jesus did that is true and actually happened that was what was written. There is, there is a side of God that we are continuing to reveal as we know His Spirit. If you don't know the Spirit of God, you're not going to have an easy time. You're going to have a very hard time relating the person of the Father to creation. Amen? Okay, let's turn to Hebrews 12, verse we're going to actually read some of this quite a bit, actually. Hebrews 12. says this. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, side, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The race that is set before you. You see, when it talks about sin ensnaring you, the, I want you to think about sin in the context that Jesus brought in, and that is how you think about stuff. How you think about stuff is going to limit the race that you're running. You need to have a clear, the, the blood of Jesus, the purpose of the blood 
was to erase that moment behind you and create a clear path in front of you. Because what the enemy will do, have you guys ever, uh, have you guys ever uh, been in a race? Like, I mean, even just like, I don't care if it's Red Rover, you know, just running from one place to another. There's a starting point and an ending point. And sometimes when you have a past, you think about how far you've come and that enables the ability to make you believe how tired you are. But there's, I have no more, uh, like my tip-top energy is like when I first get my shoes all tied and my first step on my run, I just think, I'm going. So the blood of Jesus was to give that reality that I keep going. Man, this is my first step. Every step with Jesus is a first step. It's a new day. Every day it's a new day. And that's what the blood of Jesus does. It, it constantly removes the past. That's awesome. That's good news. It says this. It says, Let us, uh, uh, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is awesome. I want you guys to get this real quick. Okay, it says this. For who the joy that was set before him. The joy that was set before him. He endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. If you don't have a joy in your life, you won't set anything in front of you. If there is no joy in your heart, there will be no cross in your hand. You will have nothing to live for if there is no joy. If there is not that one thing, you will basically be standing still on a timeline in this reality. You will have nothing to live for but joy. Joy. Jesus had the joy that was set before him. He endured something. You won't endure anything if you don't have joy. What is your joy? Because the extent and the, the potential of your joy creates the capacity for endurance. Is Jesus your joy? Have you allowed your joy to be limitless? What happens when you lose your job, if your job creates your joy, as soon as you lose it, broken spirit. Oh, man, I just am a failure. I just, you know, yeah, they laid us off. I, I thought I was doing good. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know why. Or if your joy is in your health, you're going to constantly be getting sad. And Paul says our body is decaying. The joy that is set before you. What is your joy? It creates a capacity for endurance. Burnout is tied to what your joy is. In ministry, um, in ministry, we love you guys, but you're not our joy. Jesus is our joy. You can't draw joy from the thing you want to have joy for. Let me say that again. It's like, um, um, if I have a passion for something, it would be unwise for me to get passion from that something. Because what happens if that thing gets damaged? The cycle of it is stopped. And the thing that I draw from, I don't put into anymore. And then you become empty. If I, if I, if I was to um, put, you know, with, with, you know, uh, with uh, if, you know, my joy, I, I am investing in, I put joy... Um, from Kim, but joy, my joy comes from Jesus. No matter what happens, 
Kim, if, if, if Kim were to be taken to the Lord today, if my joy comes from that, I now can't allow, the joy has a stopping point. What you have joy for, my joy is for my wife. But if I draw my joy from my wife, I have just created, I have put her on a pedestal that she can't, she, there's a need there she can't supply. And God says, I supply all your need according to my riches in glory through Jesus. What you have joy for should not be what you get joy from. And God wants, as long as your joy is in order, you will never run And it's the joy of the Lord that is our strength. Amen? The joy that is set before you. What is that? Because that is what gives you the ability to keep going. It's what gives you the ability to not have a past. Because your joy is not set behind you. It's the joy that is set before you. God, see, that's why we follow Jesus. Because he is the joy and he keeps coming in front of us. And as long as he is in front of us, we can endure anything. Amen? I'm going to keep reading just a little bit more. Actually, I'm going to go to another verse. It says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 says this. It says, Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inner man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us, far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. Let's stop there real quick. I want you to read verse 17 again. Listen to this. It says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us. I want you to say, Thank you, affliction. Come on. Say, Thank you, affliction. Say, You work for me. I don't work for you. Your affliction works for you. Don't let it make you think you work for it. Do not let what you're going through let you be a slave of that. You take control of the moment and you say you Work for me. Your light affliction works for you. For us, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. See, I, um, we're we're uh, um, we're in January. There are some changes that are being made. There are there are things that we are putting before us. Okay, there are. I want to do this. Oh, man, I mean, okay, okay, guys. December, I ate my face off, and now I'm ready to go. Anybody do that? I did that. November and December were pretty crazy for me. It was fun, but I am, you know, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to be someone you are not yet. You know, we call things as though they are not, even though they are. And and when you're, uh, when you're in that process, it's very difficult to stop being one person and to start being another person. But do you know that it's God who is working through you to 
to start, be in process, and complete the transformation. Right? It says he's the author and finisher of our faith. It doesn't say we have any part in that. That means that our one, our position is in drawing from what he is providing. And if it's not there, I don't draw from it. That will kill you. I only want what he has for me. And if he doesn't have for, if he doesn't have for me, I don't want it. I live from his word. I live from what he says. And if he's not saying it, I'm not saying it. Because I don't want to invest in hearing in something that will not give me the joy I need for the journey he wants me to be on. Yes? It's, we're, I'm, we're at that place. So right now, there's... Right now, you're in, a, you're in a place where you are setting goals. You are, uh, I want to do this, and I want to do this. And, and maybe it's just, uh, maybe you're on a day-by-day a day thing. Maybe your transition is slow. Maybe it's big. But um, I just want to make sure that you are at a place where you can't count your stars. You should not be able, if you cannot count your stars, if the potential for who you are is not possible, You're in the right environment. Because you just positioned yourself to be used by God. And now every breath you take is going to be what He's breathing through you. Amen? There's something that He wants to do that's not you. Now, um, in the last year, um, you know, when when Kim and me started our, our diet change in March, um, there were some cool things that, like, he gave me little words that were, that were really important for me to hold on to. Um, but, you know, this year is different. And I don't know, but I, I've actually forgotten some of those things, and he's given me some new things. And God wants your, um, um, God does not want you to despise 2015. He wants you to build on it. Like, that wasn't, that wasn't my, um, I don't, I don't believe in, um, in like the glory years, you know, the good old days, like today is the good old day, only it's the good new day, because like we need to be able to appreciate our testimony and not despise it, and what at the same time, what we want to be able to do is, is bring out the most for today. Every, I'll just say it like this, every meal counts. <laughs> Everything that you put into your body counts. Everything that you allow to change your perception, and it needs to be what He is putting in front of you. And, and having the Spirit of God allows you to discern the thoughts that are not from God and the thoughts that are of God. Because anything that's not of God, we need to hold captive. And we need to hold it under subjection. We need to submit move. All right? My youth pastor used to... Put us in a submission hold. I don't know why. It was so much fun, though. You know, it's not the month that determines a fresh start. It's where your faith is that determines a fresh start. I didn't... You don't have to... That's why every day is a new day. It is. And if you don't believe every day is a new day, then you will have faith in it not being a new day and you will be held hostage to a day in your life. But when I say it's a new day in God, listen, it's the difference between having my emotions tell me what to do and having letting it have a place in my life. Just like Reagan. Like we talked before, she has a place, but she's not the boss. Your light affliction needs to work for you. Amen? There's a saying, I'm, I'm done, but the saying says, whether, whether or not, let me read it, I'll mess it up, I already did. 
says, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. Where is your faith? What is it, what is it doing? What is your faith doing for you? Are you, um, are you in a, uh, maybe the gym isn't the problem. Maybe you need to up your reps. Maybe you need to up your weights. Right? Actually, I've never been in any gym where the gym was insufficient to the needs I needed to get healthy. The thing that was insufficient was my thinking for what that gym could provide me. I really wish the body of Christ would get that because I don't really care where you go, you can grow. Like, I mean, you can, like, if you, if you want to go, like, you need to go to a church where you have faith to grow. Like, and I would rather you spend, I'd rather you get really healthy really quick and have a vision for where you're at than be faithful and have like no passion for what you're doing, because because we know that you know people with no passion change the world every day. People will respect someone because of their principle, but they will follow someone because of their passion. Now, if you don't have that drive, think: Is that me? That's why I always start. I always start. Is it me? God, is it me? And, or is my is my diet wrong? Is the re, there's a guy there's a guy at my gym. His name is Dave. He's he's a really nice guy. Um, he's had an amazing testimony. He told me about it. We were just talking one day. He uh, um, <laughs> uh, this guy was always just overly energetic. I mean, he's talking to everyone. He's like the really nice guy. And I just thought, what in the world? You know, he's just like. What is with this guy? He's so nice, and he always talks to everyone, and uh, you know, and he's he's a little loud, but he's he's a really awesome guy. I mean, he really is. He's 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 really, but you could tell his his excitement was genuine. And and one day he came up and he's talking to me. He's, hey man, how you doing? And I'm oh good. And what are you listening to? And I told him. He's like, oh, I play on our praise and worship band. He's like, oh my gosh, God is just everything. He's sharing me with the testimony and just, I mean, he. Uh, when he was, he has, he has a son who is going to um, to Florida because he got a, a full. Uh, he's working on a full ride that they put him in an internship and they place him right in Pixar, like like uh, like he does, you know, graphics and and then and he said, you know, my daughter, she was beautiful, and he's talking about his daughter and his daughter, and and this is the, this was the weird thing he. Um, and I, I, I can share this with you guys because he told me this is his testimony and this is what I share with people. But he, when he was, he was leaving for work one day and he backed over his daughter and he killed his daughter. And he says, I know that wasn't God. He's like, I wasn't drunk. I wasn't, I used to have a problem with drinking, but I was, I, I'm, that's out of me. And he said, I just have to forgive myself. And the, he's like, my joy is in Jesus. And he was just talking so amazing about his daughter. And, what, and he just was like, and I'm just like, whoa. And like the whole, my, I mean, just in this one moment, everything and my, all my preconceived ideas of Dave changed. Because sometimes people put on a mask and trying to be happy all the time. But in a moment, when I heard his testimony, I was like, whoa, this is God. This is a man who is having victories because he has rightly allocated his joy. And, and he's talking with me and he's sharing with me just that in every day. I'm like, wow. And just, you know, he wants to come hang out. And, uh, and so there's this, we need to have a, uh, an environment where we're honest and we're able to share the testimonies. And he's, you know, this happened to him, I think, I, it was a while ago. You know, he's had time to heal, and he's, he's been able to, to make it through some things. And he said, you know, community, community was big. And so when people are hurt, this is, that's what the church is for. And it's, 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 that's hard when you're in isolation. And, and I think the church is going to be a location of rehab. 
You know, they are going to be those people who are really, you know, pumping iron and getting healthy. Then there's those people who just, they just need help getting up. And, and sometimes they don't need a mirror. Sometimes they just need encouragement. You know, there's a, there's a, a lady, uh, I posted this a while back, but there was a lady and she, it was like last, early December, and she'd, she'd walk for a minute and then she'd run for 30 seconds. And then she'd walk for a minute and then she, you know, when you get in the house of God, if you're, if you're new to the culture, you might, lock, you might not have the best form. But you just want to show up and see what God does. And if you don't like your form, if you don't like your results in your life, can I just encourage you just to show up and see what God does? And I don't know about you, um, I don't get results in a day. But sometimes it only takes a moment that gives you inspiration for months. Sometimes, I'll, like I, I remember, I was, I was at the, uh, there at the gym and a guy said, man, you've lost weight. I mean, wow, I see, I see growth. And I was like, really? And that just like fueled me. It just, it just propelled me. Did that change what I, the reality? No, but it gave me a joy set before me. It gave me more endurance. Amen? All right, I'll just pray real quick. Father, I just ask for a, a renewing of joy, a renewing of the passion of God in our hearts. Lord, let us reallocate our joy to you. You are the north of our compass of joy. God, it's always going to be pointing to you. We're drawing from you. We're not drawing from the visible world. We're drawing from the invisible world. And I thank you for the move of God in our hearts. I thank you for giving us a vision for ourselves. I thank you for giving us a vision for the nation. I thank you for giving us a vision for our family. I thank you for giving us a vision for our, our even things that bring us, Lord, a, a monetary, uh, Lord, our jobs, uh, things like that, our dreams, our things that we like to do. But God, if we don't have a vision for who we are in you, we're not going to have anything that lasts. And God, we thank you that you are, you are writing a new chapter in our life. Lord, let 2015 just be an amazing, uh, an amazing year where we look and we, said, we say this, this is something that we endured and God had some amazing development for us. In 2016, I want to see what he builds on me. What is God going to do in my life? What is he going to work out and what is he going to bring out? Lord, I just thank you for the glory of God that is being revealed, is being unveiled in us through Jesus. Lord, I thank you for healing. Lord, you're, uh, you're uh, healing us. You're uh, bringing uh, uh, just a sense of, uh, of hope for the future, just as uh, Megan was sharing, that you have thoughts for us. And the thoughts that you do have for us, there are thoughts you do have for us, and then there are thoughts you don't have for us. You do not have thoughts of calamity. You do not have thoughts of destruction. You do not have thoughts of fear. You do not have thoughts of worry. You have thoughts of hope, and you have thoughts of a future. God, we're going to draw from your hope. We're going to draw from your future. Because that is the very essence of the life. That is the reason we were created. God, I am a figment of your imagination. <laughs> I, am, I, am, I am skin of what you thought. You thought it, and I wasn't. And I want to continue. And I want to, I want to actually represent my creator, my father, and say... What is in my mind will be my reality. What was in your mind is what is all around us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your healing power that heals our hearts. The blood of Jesus that removes the past from us. And it rewrites our history. We thank you in Jesus' name. 
And I want to invite you guys, if you want any prayer, uh, we want to spend some time if you need any sort of rejuvenation. If you need encouragement, they call it a, a, fitness, a fitness assessment. <laughs> if you need just a fitness assessment, we're going to come and we're going to show you some things. We're going to talk with you. Or if you want some healing, I, God can heal in any area. We want to invite you guys. Uh, trainers are going to be down here. We're going to love on you guys. And you guys, you guys know that once you leave a gym, you know how good you feel? You feel sore, but you feel good? That's how we're going to feel. We're going to be stretched, but we're going to be ready for a greater glory. In Jesus' name, right? Amen. Love you guys. Y'all have a good day in the house of God.